A trip to the zoo is fun, just good old-fashioned fun. You get to see strange and exotic animals. Monkeys jump around and everybody laughs, right? Maybe an otter will do something cute, right? Finally be out swimming rather than hiding away somewhere. Fear and sadness are things that are far removed from a zoo. At least once you get past the cashier's register, right? <laughs> it's strange because the other context, uh, in other contexts, the phrase, there's a lion over there, well, that would bring you to attention with all senses alert. But at a zoo, it's exciting. Go run, go see the lions, kids. Go on ahead. But if we were in deepest, darkest Africa, right? Let's say there's a lion over there. Look out. Why do the kids run to go see the lion, and why do parents let them go on running ahead? Because there's a fence there, strong, a strong fence. There's thick glass, impenetrable by the lion's standards, right? So the kids run to see the lion, and they move on to the next animals at the slightest little inkling of boredom. They scatter on away. In the book of Amos, the Lord roars from Jerusalem. He's not caged and sleeping, but God is on the prowl and he's not happy with what he sees. He points out the sins of the nations surrounding Israel. Look at their wickedness. And he won't ignore it. He'll judge it justly and swiftly. It's coming. That has to be an amazing thing for Israel to witness. It's something that captivates us as well. To witness God on the hunt and boldly condemning the wrongs and the evils. Our eyes turn to the nations surrounding us and we see God's judgment. We know what God says about what Ohio voted to do with abortion as a right in its constitution. We know. Alaska, Colorado, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Vermont. Abortion is legal without limitation. And that's just one issue. What marriage really is, as defined by God and his word as a lifelong union between one man and one woman, it just seems to be a lost cause in our nation as a whole. And debates rage now even over definitions of what the simple words man and woman even mean. And how we want the Lord to be unleashed, let out of the cage, to bring down those who oppose him and his will. We keep praying, thy will be done, as we look around and see strange, selfish, and even satanic wills being done. prophet Amos has this wonderful refrain. He preaches to the northern kingdom of Israel and he says, for three transgressions or for four, I will not revoke the punishment because, and then fill in the blank, 
of God's accusations against Damascus, against Gaza, against Tyre and Edom, against the Ammonites, against Moab. And we listen in like those Israelites of old and we go, yeah, go get them, God. This is good stuff. They've been doing wrong things. And then Amos preaches against Judah's three or four transgressions. Israel's brother. And likely, better brother to the south. But, like any good sibling rivalry, go ahead, go get them too, God. But it doesn't hit home until he holds out for the very last condemnation. Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because dot, dot, dot. And those little dot, dot, dots go on for the next seven chapters of Amos. All those other nations' condemnations, it's basically handled in chapter one. Chapter two, the beginning of it for Judah. But the next seven chapters are solid. Right against Israel, right against them for what they did. So they who are listening in and saying, go get them, God, yeah, just line them up and shoot them down, they get shot down for seven whole chapters. It was much more fun rooting for the lion when he was going after the other nations. But when the lion turns and roars and bares his teeth against you, how fun is that? We have a sample of this roaring in the Old Testament text today. The people put on a religious show. That's that whole, sacrifices, oh, bring your sacrifices to me, yeah. Right? They put on the show, they do the right thing in their mind, they think they can appease God, get him on their side, trick him. They know how to woo him over, or he'll at least be nice to them then. And they go on believing whatever they want to, in whatever they want to, or whomever they want. It's too easy to point out the three or four sins of the surrounding nations with their, you know, think about it today. Oh, look at the other nations. Their coexist bumper stickers. Oh, fools. Go get them, lion. Their religious allegiance being none. And their claims to spirituality, but not religion, right? And, you know, let's let God loose from the cage on them. But what happens when you've let that lion out of the cage, thinking you were in control, by the way, right, that he was in a cage, and instead of running after them, he turns and looks at you? What happens when we realize that we've treated God as if he's in our zoo, caged, controlled, just a little exotic creature, that we can look at, be entertained by, and even we'll be holy about, we'll, we'll be mesmerized by him and his beauty or his strength, right? But from a safe distance, a secure position. Before we go about our day and, you know, wander on to something else, more interesting. Perhaps a bit of boredom set in for us with God. Or we know that we can leave him safely where we'll find him again, if we want to, that is. 
What happens when the zoo that we live in has no cages and there are monkeys going crazy, scary rhinos charging, goats running around, bleeding, gorillas beating their chest, strong, fierce, and it may seem, honestly, metaphorically speaking, this crazy and scary right now in the world today. A zoo with no cages. And then the lion roars. It's nice to think that you go, yeah, here's the turn in the sermon, right? It's a roar demanding repentance, order, and submission from others. But doesn't that mean that that lion's on the loose and that he's also coming for you because of your sins? Three or four at least, and of course, for all of them. He's coming. What will the punishment be? One of the most famous passages of C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia, is this one. Susan asks, Is he, Aslan, the lion, quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and make no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. We dare not domesticate God, the true King of Kings. Jesus roars from Zion, roars against the nation's sins and against our sins. He roars against our true enemies, death and hell. He roars against our foolish participation and against our infatuation with sin, death, and Satan. The text speaks of the day of the Lord as something strange for duplicitous sinners to ask for. Why would you ask for that? Do you know what you're asking for? Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. Gloom, no brightness in it. Justice rolling down like waters. Righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Good luck stopping it. It's a wall of water coming at you. We see the day of the Lord fulfilled when the sun's light failed at Zion. When the Father made the earth tremble and quake. When the, the Lion of Judah, Jesus the Christ, laid down his life for you. In true devotion to his Father, not some fake sham that the Israelites had come up with, but in true devotion to his Father, Jesus fulfilled the law. As true atonement for the sins of others, for your sins. For three, for four of them that you might be thinking of today, and for the sins of the world, 
the Lord Jesus took them all on. And he didn't wiggle out of the punishment. He didn't say, oh, I'll take them all on, but, you know, can we mitigate this punishment somehow? No, he didn't wiggle out of the punishment that must surely come upon him if he is to be, and if he was ever to be, that one sacrifice for all of sin. What a strange day to ask for, isn't it? Dear Father, punish your son in my place. I'm the guilty one. I'm the one who's done all the bad. But would you mind punishing him on that day of the Lord instead of me? What a painful day to ask for. But it is good, and so it is called Good Friday. We don't gather today to look at God safely behind a veil of electrified fencing or strong glass. We're here before the Lord who roars his triumphal victory over sin, death, and hell as he reveals himself to us in word and sacrament. That's the only veil, if you will. We're not here to appease an angry God or sway him to our ways with our songs or shows. From Zion, the Lord roars. And we're not going to talk back. We're here to listen, to receive. And in receiving, we rejoice in His light and truth, in the forgiveness of sins that covers us with His own righteousness. We welcome that flood, the rolling waters, the ever-flowing stream, Bursting from the font, God's word makes rushing, roaring water in holy baptism, where he drowns your sins dead with his son, where he declares you just, clothed, and all rolled up in the righteousness of Christ. This isn't a zoo. God roars against your sins. Hear your God roar against any way that you think you can hide, deceive him, trick him, or cover up your own sin. It's just time to be honest. No lies. Repent. Speak the truth. For the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, right, will set you free. The true sacrifice that God looks upon is not something that we've brought to the table today. The true sacrifice that God looks upon is his son, his lamb, the lion of Judah, Jesus. And the true worship of God is to receive, to receive his gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation that roar from that word, from the font and from his holy table where he serves you his feast. Wisely and eagerly we wait, and when he comes in word and sacrament, and at the last, we gladly welcome him and thank him for everything. For our Lord Jesus endured all the darkness of sin and its penalty. He endured it on the cross, 
to brighten you with forgiveness and eternal life. Amen.